Hi everyone and welcome to the Lion Trust Multi-Asset Podcast. I'm James Smith and with me today is John Hustleby, our Head of Multi-Asset. Hi John. Hello there. John's going to be giving us his insights from close to 30 years analysing markets and fund managers and also discussing any other topics that catch his interest while he's on the circuit. Starting as we mean to go on, our topic today is largely going to focus on the, the po- ever-popular subject of football. John, anyone who's spent any time with you will know you're a, a Spurs fan. Yes, come on you Spurs. We don't have to dwell on that too much. Um, John, you've, you've, you've spoken a lot in the past about some of the common threads you see between, between football and investing, uh, particularly with the, the role of, uh, of the managers and, and maybe some lessons that investment can learn from the world of football. Could you talk us through some of those some of those traits, some of those common traits that you see? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think for many years uh, we've associated multi-manager, multi-asset investing with football. Uh, I don't uh, if you remember uh, a couple of years ago or so, there was that program on the BBC and uh, Nick Robbins, I think he's a big long life uh, BBC uh, Man United fan as well, and he was interviewing Sir Alex Ferguson. That's sort of post his retirement and uh, during that uh, sort of interview documentary type scenario uh, they showed uh, Sir Alex Ferguson at a university doing one of the sort of you know the MBA type courses and there was uh, a particular sort of slide that, that he was talking about at the time which really sort of captured my imagination in terms of similarities between uh, football and investment so he very much talked about the structure and you know obviously in the structure of a football club you have the manager you have the players you have the management the chairman uh, and then you have the sort of uh, you know the agents around it and he was describing all the parties to it and one of the things that he said, which is really important, he said that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, who your audience are is the fans. You're looking to please the fans and make them, you know, you know quite uh, make them happy in, in that in that respect. So when I looked at that chart, I thought to myself, well, you know, that fits in terms of investment management. Now, clearly, you haven't got fans, you've got clients. Uh, but at the end of the day, the structure uh, of, uh, you know, um, of running the portfolios as we do and uh, in the way that we set things up, you know, is very similar. You know, we don't have players, we have funds. Um, I suppose the thing that one could argue, I suppose Ferguson was more looking for a blend of what younger players and older players. Um, we're not doing that. We're looking for the more experienced in terms of the fund managers we're picking from. So, you know, the job and the role of a, of a football manager, I see, is very similar to what we're doing. Perhaps to some extent, we're not running a, a football club uh, like Sir Alex Ferguson. Uh, perhaps we're more akin to, a, uh, you know, the, the manager of, of, uh, of, a, of a country, you know, um, whether it's England, Brazil or whatever. Perhaps we're more in that respect because then we can choose from, you know, any club. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's that sort of multi-manager type process coming through. You know, clearly tactics are important. Got to get the balance right in your team. And then, you know, um, if you're, um, you know, if you're playing against perhaps stronger opposition, you're going to be more defensive uh, and uh, weaker opposition. Perhaps you're, you're going to be more aggressive. And that's exactly the same with markets. The market, well. they're talking about the markets there. You need, you need to tweak, you need to tweak your portfolio tactically depending on the, the conditions, like, just like a football manager would. Yeah. And uh, as you know, I'm, I, I suppose a, a football match is 90 minutes long and I, I wouldn't think for one minute that we're trying to get uh, uh, everything right over the, over the next 90 minutes. Indeed, you know, our focus is very much one on the, the short to medium term uh, in, in terms of what we're trying to get right. Um, I think, you know, market timing, uh, you know, I think it's a very difficult thing to do. I, I think, you know, that people, a lot of people try to predict markets. I think uh, a better thing to do is prepare for them.
And I uh, something something else you, you you've drawn out in uh, in some of your presentations over the last couple of years is this, obviously football and farm manager are very much results focused. And this question of you 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 think a farm manager you can't you can't outperform every year just in the same same way that most football clubs won't win the champ won't win the title every year, but the best football clubs. I think Man United's record. I'm sad to say it, but mm-hmm. United's record, they'll tend they, 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 when they're at the absolute pomp, they were winning probably six out six. They won six out of ten years. And you, that that ratio is important for you in terms of a fund manager's and underlying fund manager's success. Yeah, sixty yeah, percent of their their games. And whether you're looking at football, and as you know, we've done that same analysis, uh, James, on on tennis, and we've done it on uh, motor racing. And but you know, and you come back to investment management that. You know, simply that when Paul and I are thinking about, you know, what makes success in investment management, uh, that, you know, we look to blend active with passive. uh, But we firmly believe that the big difference between active and passive has to be time. So, you know, if you want short term, medium term, adequate returns, then passive, I think, is going to give you that. But if you want, you know, outsized returns and you're willing, you know, to invest some time in selecting managers and active managers will do that for you, but you've got to be patient. And also you've got to basically sign up to the fact that basically it's about consistency of style and approach. And I suppose go back to football again, you know, if you want uh, someone to play, you know, on the left wing, uh, then it's best to find someone who's spent the last 10 years playing the left wing and probably one of the better players in the world in doing so. And uh, so we look for consistency of star rather than consistency of performance. And as you said, that rule of thumb, uh, six out of 10, I think six out of 10 calendar years, so to speak, that an active manager will outperform given the right tailwinds in his portfolio. Yeah, the challenge, of course, for us is to think when those six are going to come along or when those four are going to come along, and back once again, as the topic's football today, you know, what do we do? We blend. So, you know, in the case of our left winger, we put a right winger as well. So we've got the blend and we look to tilt the portfolios in that way. Coming on to some of your underlying fund managers, um, it's obviously been a, a great time in the Champions League for English clubs. We've got, we've got four of the eight teams in the, uh, in the quarterfinals. That's probably been uh, quite quite a boon for one of your underlying fund managers, Nick Train, who holds Man United, who 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 owns shares in Man United and Juventus, in his in his Lindsay Train UK equity fund. He also holds Celtic. That's probably not quite as relevant in the <laughs> yeah the story. The, that's where the story breaks down perhaps. at this stage of the Champions <laughs> League. But um, could could you could you explain why those kind of stocks? encapsulate Nick Train's approach to running money? Yeah, I do believe, and I think I'm right, uh, that uh, Nick is one of the larger shareholders in Man United as well, as he was telling us uh, a few weeks ago when when, when we met him. Um, I mean, you know, Nick Train, a well-known UK fund manager and uh, a manager that perhaps when most people talk about and think about his style, concentrated portfolios, tends to be a focus on large cap. Um, you know, most people will talk about it in the same sort of terms as sort of the, the Warren uh, Buffett approach in that respect. So brands, uh, these sort of moat type investments, uh, which basically are very hard to replicate. Uh, and as such, you know, they have some, uh, some real value in them. As you know about Nick Train, uh, concentrated portfolio, 30 stocks typically, very low turnover and holds them for the long term. So, yes, Juventus uh, uh, and uh, Man United you know, certainly in the portfolios, 
I wouldn't have thought for one minute that Nick Train is holding them for a, a short-term punt in terms of, you know, will they win the Champions League or indeed their own domestic league in, in that respect. But it's all part of the brand of Ju- Juventus. It's all part of the brand Man United, which is, you know, not only enormous in Europe, but obviously stretching overseas and obviously Asia being an important uh, market for that. So, you know, uh, Nick would talk about football clubs in the same way he would talk about his holding in, you know, in some of the, the drinks companies he holds in, you know, whiskey and things like that. So he tries to find those sort of unique uh, opportunities, uh, holds them forever, uh, you know, uh, clearly buys more when he sees there's value there. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's produced results. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's probably a, a good definition for us, a good example of a manager that really sticks to his knitting, consistency of style and approach. And that allows us to basically blend him with the three, under, uh, three other managers that we have in that UK equity space. You, you, you talked earlier about obviously finding the right player for different positions of the portfolio um again unfortunately having to bring it back to spurs um you you, you've you've um you've come up with an acronym for the way you uh you select fund managers spurs could you uh, could you go through go through each one of those and, and and explain kind of maybe how nick train fits into that First thing is, I'm really enjoying you saying Spurs as many times <laughs> as you can on this podcast. Uh, James is a Liverpool fan, so uh, enough said. Yeah, Spurs, I think uh, to some extent, we, when you think about the managers that we're looking for, uh, you know, I've talked about consistency of style and approach. And so therefore, you know, when I, when I think about what makes success, then it's the clarity and consistency of their, uh, their approach. So, you know, is it something that makes sense or makes sense over time? I think you want managers to have conviction and I think you want them to be contrarian you know when you measure performance it's a relative game you know anything you do it's a relative game you know uh, if I said today you know the temperature is 11 degrees it doesn't really mean much until I tell you that basically you know we're in the winter time and you know 11 degrees is probably around average so you know every time we measure things and investment management is no different uh, we have to play that sort of relative game so you know if you want to win then you'll have to do something contrarian and then I think the other thing that you see from uh, from the from the managers that we invest in, uh, you know, is is curiosity um, and uh, you know that ability to sort of look around. So we sort of you know thrown that in, uh, as you said, to to Spurs. Uh, the first S being stamina, uh, very much one about patient and patient investing. I've already said that active management is a long term game. The P being process, uh, and uh, as I said, you know, clarity and consistency in that respect. Uh, the U being understanding, uh, knowledge, experience. Um, you know, I think that if you're going to demonstrate consistency and clarity of investment process, then you know clearly, uh, you know, you want to see a track record of that. Uh, it's very unusual for us to uh, buy into managers with less than a 10-year track record. Having said all that, you know, 10 years, perhaps we should extend that today because uh, we've been in a bull market for the last 10 years. So um, you know, perhaps you haven't seen real real cycles. Uh, the, the R is for resoluteness. Uh, that's very much, as I said, about that sort of courage and conviction, being contrarian. And then finally, stimulus. And um, that's, I suppose it could be many things. And, you know, that really is about incentive. And when you start talking about incentive, I suppose immediately people start to think about economic uh, incentive. You know, uh, if I do a good, good job, what do I get paid? 
But to be honest with you, a lot of the managers we're investing in, it's not that. They have a winning attitude, a winning mindset. And, you know, their incentive uh, you know, normally is about, you know, about wanting to be a winner over, over, the, over the long term. I think if you did want to measure in terms of that, then it's always good to see, you know, what sort of skin in the game that the manager has. Okay, great. Um, a key part of any football manager's job is making tactical switches when necessary, uh, whether that's bringing someone off the bench or changing formation. You're doing exactly that on your portfolios at the moment, making some tactical switches to, to take advantage of movements of the market. Could you, could you talk us through what you've been doing on, on the portfolios over, over the last few weeks? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't do these things lightly and we do look for, you know, opportunities that come along, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, where, they, where they produce opportunities, then we'll look to, to act within the portfolio. So essentially what we've been doing in the last few weeks is three things. Number one, uh, we've looked at the, the UK. We've gone through the whole of this podcast without mentioning the Brexit word, and hopefully that will be the last time as well. But clearly, you know, that has provided uh, some premiums in the market, some opportunities in the market. None better than when you look at the FTSE, which you know, until recently was yielding around about 5%. That's a, a fairly sort of historic high. And I think when you compare that against the 10-year gilt, you're sort of four times that that yield. And uh, I think the last time you, you've seen that was back in the First World War. So, you know, that sort of premium uh, there exists. So therefore, what we switched uh, into the Schroeder Income Fund uh, to basically take advantage of the higher income on offer in terms of, uh, uh, of the UK and UK equities. I wouldn't have said that the UK is the only opportunity. It's an attractive one, but for global investors, there, there are clearly others. The next thing we've done is look at US smaller companies. Now, US smaller companies is very much part of our uh, strategic and tactical allocation. Uh, we've basically, smaller companies, US tends to be fairly sort of tech orientated. And uh, we've had a good run in terms of our holding uh, within, uh, within uh, US small cap uh, in a fund that has that sort of tech bias. And what we've done is taken the advantage to uh, put the money into Artemis US smaller companies called McWeldon and uh, you know a fund that uh, basically is perhaps a little bit more pragmatic, uh, still capturing US smaller companies, uh, but something a little bit more pragmatic in that respect. The final thing we've done uh, is to look at index linked. And uh, when we look at index linked holdings, all our fixed interests, uh, when we think about interest, when we build our portfolios from the top down, we think about global opportunities within uh, within fixed interest. Uh, we had and uh, a UK or partial investment in a UK index link fund. That's done very well, uh, mainly because it was longer duration, uh, longer maturity, and therefore have provided some protection, uh, uh, particularly on the in a in a low yield environment. However, you know uh, the UK economy, there is potential for catch up. I mean, you know, its uh, GDP is. What is it? One, one and a half percent within that region. You know, uh, the sort of long term trend for GDP in the UK or even in the US is is more like two ish. Um, these things revert back to the mean. Uh, I think with a bit of confidence in the market and the economy, then uh, I think the UK comes back pressure on gilt yields. So it makes sense for us to switch out of the UK and put it into global. OK, great. That's all we've got time for today. Um, John, thanks very much for your time. I think you've got all your Spurs references out today. So oh, another one. We won't, be allowed, <laughs> we, won't, we won't be talking about that uh, again. But um, yeah, thanks very much for your time today. And, and thank you, everyone, for, for listening. Thank you.